Welcome back to the Social Seller Podcast with Connor Paulson, where we interview the world's highest quality communicators, professionals, business owners, creatives, and everything in between. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you're a high quality communicator, there's a good chance you're living a lot happier life, but you're also bringing those opportunities into your life almost like a magnet. My guarantee is that on this show, we only interview people that I, one, look up to, and two, that I know are gonna continue to kill the game for years to come, and I wanna make sure they're on your radar. But what I've learned is by asking the best questions, we get the best responses, and that's what the highest quality communicators, our social sellers, are all about. Let's hop inside to the Social Seller Podcast. Happy Friday, welcome back. Ivana and I have some value for you before the weekend, and wanted to make sure we could provide it. now. Not only did Ivana grow up um, and, and get some of the coolest education coming from Stanford, gets to do some of the absolute coolest things. And as a business owner, I realized that what she does is almost like a magician. And it's an area that doesn't get a, the appeal, but it's the area that helps companies grow efficiently and effectively. And this is a firsthand example at Uptown Creation, an r b sales development company. Ivana and I have chatted since the beginning of the year. We met on LinkedIn and, and that's why it's so timely that we wanted to, to go live on LinkedIn together. She is a systems expert consulting for some of the absolute coolest companies in the world. Innovative companies that are changing the way business has been done and, and how it's gonna be done in the future. Now from small to medium to large to publicly traded, she's done it all, she's seen it all. My biggest thing is I wish I would have adopted her beliefs sooner. I had read about systems operations and how critical they were for any company or organization that wanted to grow. Now, my best guess is if you're listening in, you probably want growth in your personal life, professional life too. Ivana, thank you so much for being here. And I, I can't believe you're so down to just hop on and provide value. You are, you're, you're currently due like in the next week or so, right? Like it, it could be yeah, any day this it could be on LinkedIn and that would probably be the first LinkedIn live ever. That'd be wild. Um, just to hop right in, I would love to hear how important systems are, you know, in, in your life. Let's talk to someone that just to start to someone that might not implement them to the capacity, right? Like I explained when we were in the meeting room before this, we had a CRM, but that didn't mean our, you know, our systems were in place. And it was until we really built them out and it took years to do. And then all of a sudden, magically, that was the exact timing that our company started to accelerate in growth. Ivana, again, thanks for being here. Do you have a, a story to just kind of hit hit off with any recent conversations or how you, you've maybe helped a, a recent client implement some of these systems? Sure, yeah. So um, I think, uh, you know, I would give the example of, um, I, I remember in the waiting room, we were saying before that, you know, there's, um, two ways that I, I approach this question in particular, um, whether it's a products-based company or a service-driven company. So I'll give the example of the service-driven company because I think that'll be most helpful to people who may be watching. Um, we worked with a company out of uh, North Carolina where it was uh, pretty evident that the, the CEO and founder was doing a lot of the the you know lead generation and then you know just connecting with those leads herself, and so um, she came to me when she got to the point where she was the bottleneck, and she was in the process of staffing up her team, um, but she wasn't quite sure what to offboard to other people, um, and she also had this uh, belief at the time that you know there were some things that she could on, only she could do. 
no one else could do it. No one else could touch it. You know, it, it had to be her. And so, you know, as a, a business owner myself, I find that that's, you know, rarely true. Um, in reality, it, it's typically something that's, you know, more, more emotional that's driving that type of choice. Um, and so we essentially, you know, were able to work through that. And um, the root cause ended up being that she was really reluctant to hand off anything else because uh, she was worried about how that person would represent her brand. She was fine having people do work behind the scenes uh, where they're not really interacting with, you know, her potential clients, her future clients. But, you know, this is a brand she's built, a brand she cares about, and um, it's a rep representation of her at the end of the day. And so she was very reluctant to, to introduce what she saw as a potential risk with someone else being the first point of contact with people who are going to be, you know, working with her and then telling other people about their experience working with her. And so um, what we were able to do was we were able to uh, automate some of her um, uh, interactions with her early leads. Um, we were able to hand off some of those, um, some of those interactions that weren't automated to um, other people on her staff. Uh, she has an administrator on her staff now who can handle those things. And uh, it, it basically allowed her to uh, rapidly serve a much larger audience because instead of having, you know, one person who is now responsible for uh, getting on the phone uh, when these leads come through or, you know, just having referrals and then, you know, being responsible for reaching out to them personally in her own time, uh, she basically had, you know, a stream of incoming leads that, you know, they would get to her at the point that they needed to get to her where she was the person to take it forward. Um, not at the very beginning where there's, you know, a little bit of legwork to even qualify these leads or figure out what they want or figure out how best to help them. And, uh, you know, after working with her, she saw, you know, significant revenue gains within the first uh, four and a half weeks of being able to implement some of these systems. So for her, uh, this was game changing because, you know, she got to a place where she felt like she was addressing her pain point. And she also, um, you know, got to a place where she was able to serve a larger audience, which is, you know, as a business owner, you want to grow, you want to scale. So um, I, I would say that's a, a, a good example. Ivana, thank you so much for sharing that. There's so many learning lessons within that, right? Let's unpack a couple. First off, I think it fits the basic filter of if anyone wants their organization to grow, or let's say you're a salesperson, a SDR, BDR, right? And you want your professional career to, to continue to grow. It doesn't matter what degree of professional, having these systems in our personal and professional life just increases efficiency, right? And I think what it also starts to do and what, what it's done for me, right? Because I read all the books through college and I knew I needed them, but my mind didn't work like it. And it took me way too long, unfortunately, to hire an expert. I It wasn't something my mind really could comprehend, right? It was like me getting on a flight that I didn't know where it was going and, and I get off in uh, Shanghai, you know, and I'm trying to read a food menu like that. I doesn't work like that. You Right. And we have a big saying, if you can't automate it, delegate it. Right. And delegate it to an expert is something we've continued to learn in the last couple of years. It's so important. And I think the base filter of that story is you helped her. You didn't come in and change her organization from what she wanted. It's hers. And she she wants it to be 
hers. You helped her create efficiency to save her time that enabled that time into to growing, right? If, yeah, I, I love that. I'll keep it at that for that, that one point. And then the second one is the ability to give, hand things off, right? And delegate in life. And I see so many friends that are business owners, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, that have that challenge at times. Now, I was more than happy and welcoming to it because I just value the freedom and the time. And I realize a lot of other professionals are, are looking at it too. Without systems, none of this would be possible. If we didn't implement, and for us personally, right, we talked about our CRMs earlier in the waiting room. And you know, one of your baseline questions when you're talking to an organization is getting an understanding of their CRM. Would you go as far as saying, is a CRM for most businesses these days, is that kind of like the heart that like things break away from? Like systems, is that the heart of the majority of systems? Um, I, no, I, I would say no. And the reason why I'm gonna say no is because I don't wanna reinforce the belief that a lot of businesses that I've spoken to have and it's that, oh, if we implement, um, you know, a piece of software or, you know, this type of CRM system, we're good. Like we don't need to do anything else. But um, it, for, for any system to be implemented well or any process to persist and actually be helpful in your company, um, the real heart of it is the people interacting yep. with it. And so if it doesn't work for them, if it's painful, if people don't want to use it, you have low adoption, then it's fundamentally broken. And that, you know, can happen regardless of what tool you use. So um, I don't like to say that the, the actual tool itself is the heart of any particular system. Um, it's always the people. It's always going to be the people who are driving it. I love that. Ivana, you, you bring up another good point because that was a big challenge when we did hire that expert three years ago and brought them onto the team. And she's actually a partner today. And it's so cool because that's how important it is. Right. Yeah. And she, Aaron would spend so much time building these systems. We knew the importance, but we didn't realize that that meant we had to do things a little bit differently. And there was a reason why, but in the moment we're like, ah, it's a lot easier to just do what I did yesterday, right? And, and that's coming from like the sales background. And, and I can tell you, truthfully, there was a little, it, it took time for the fulfillment team to all be on, on page two, right? And once we adopted it, it all made sense. It really did, and it, it really, I had to go all the way in before I realized that it was saving me time. And I almost think that I was thinking in a selfish lens on life because I didn't want to adopt something new. And it was selfish because it was like, I'm comfortable doing what I did yesterday or last month. It worked six months ago, right? You hear that once in a while. Right. This is, this is the steps that are necessary. And I love that you, you correct me and you're absolutely right. CRM is not your solution. Now that might be the heart of it, but when we first got, you know, for us again, it was HubSpot. Why do we choose HubSpot? We had bounced around. We had tried a few others kind of like dipping our toes in. What is going to vibe for us? Because we communicate in our own ways. And HubSpot worked well because it was just, it allowed us to grow with it. We didn't have a crazy email size. But the thing is, like you said, it wasn't until the, you know, this is two years in the making, right? So I, I want to also preface that. Like <laughs> when we got HubSpot, this was two, three years in the making and, and we're constantly building and adding on. But then it was email sequences, email templates, email onboarding scripts to setting up forms so that everything was communicating, starting to learn about Zapier and how you can have your sales funnels to 
your cold calling list to like what every aspect of your company kind of brought them together. And that's kind of why I mentioned like the CRM. That's my belief, but I'm an outsider talking to an expert and that's you. How do you see that progression or is there kind of like some baseline rules once a company or organization has adopted a CRM and are there higher priority, are you familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with the 80-20 rule. Are there kind of the 20% that provides 80% of the value when, when someone's considering a CRM? Um, honestly, I don't think so. From my experience, there are so many options to choose from. Um, and I, you know, some are more robust than others. And so I think that the, the comfortability of your team with whatever system you choose is going to be the most important factor. Because if you choose, you know, something that is really robust out of the box, but your team is, you know, maybe less on the tech savvy side, but they, you know, are just amazing in every other aspect of their jobs and providing this level of friction for them is setting you up to have, you know, a really rocky start to, you know, this new flow that you're about to implement. So um, I, I think it, it, it varies too much for me to, to say that there's like a general, you know, uh, something that, you know, covers 80 or 20% of what you'll need done. Yeah. And, and I'm realizing that's the challenge when we communicate because I, I completely agree. And there's just so many variables with so many industries, so many verticals and, and just organizational models look so vastly different. I realized the importance. We needed it. And it's something that continues to always optimize. It's kind of like a living document, right? Because you'll build a system, you'll implement something because based on where your company's at that day or that week, that month, that quarter, it makes the most logical sense based on the information you have, right? But that does not mean it's perfect six months from now. And so you're constantly optimizing. And for us, it was very important to have someone that was almost managing that full time. So when you're coming into an organization, and, and again, one thing that I really want to mention, and I give you the absolute most respect for it, I'm fortunate to talk to a lot of professionals, high level coaches, consultants, just like you. What separates you from all of the others that I speak to is how refined and specific you know the organizations you're going to help. And it comes down to your value offer, to exactly how you're going to help, even to the point that you know you're only going to, you know, it takes you six to eight weeks in an organization to get in, to implement, to help, and you're out, right? That's what fascinates me. What enables you as an expert to come into an organization that you don't know and in six to eight weeks help them become more efficient? And then that efficiency ultimately helps their company grow. So um, first and foremost, you know, we just talked about <laughs> like, you know, maintaining leads or generating leads. Um, the first thing I start off with is an application process, because I think that, you know, I need to be really comfortable working with this group, this, this business, this team, um, and, you know, 100% confident that I can help them achieve results. And so there are certain things that I look for um, in the you know, people that are reaching out that, you know, might need help. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the bandwidth to help every single person that comes across. And I also have been able to identify, um, you know, certain factors that are <laughs> low indicators of uh, our success in working together. And so I typically, you know, weed that out from the beginning. That's step one. Um, step two is, you know, during my process of, 
you know, walking them through what it is that I, I do and how I do it. Um, I make sure that they understand every step of the process. You know, you mentioned we have uh, different packages. We've worked really, really hard to kind of, you know, break those out to provide value at, you know, various levels um, that people yeah. are willing to engage with us. But um, they're, you know, the, the smallest package, it might be the most attractive because it's the, the you know, least amount of, you know, uh, resources being spent. But at the same time, that's not going to be a great package for, uh, number one, a team that is incredibly small and doesn't have the manpower to really, you know, implement any of the, the, the things that we identify are problems or so the solutions that we identify um, to address their pain points. And then, um, you know, that package is also not going to be suitable for, uh, let's say you have a small team and the, you know, founder of the team is the only one that, you know, wants to engage with me. Like they don't want me to engage with their team. They don't want me digging too, too deep. That that's not going to be a great package because that, that package is the audit and it, it literally, allows me to do a deep dive into your company and figure out what's working, what's not working, what do you currently have, where are the gaps, where are the areas of opportunity? And that requires, you know, a little bit more engagement with more than just the person at the very top who has a very specific view of the company um, and, you know, the rest of their team who might have a completely different view of the company. And so um, I think it's, you know, first making sure that this, this, lead that is coming in is going to be a good fit um, versus with what they're looking for, everything from, you know, what their business does, where they currently are in terms of um, who they serve and uh, even their, their temperament. You know, how do they respond to, you know, me asking potentially touchy questions? Um, and then the second part is just making sure they understand what the offering is, um, how it's going to work and, you know, how they can best show up and participate in their their own success and i think once we have you know those two elements established um, it becomes pretty clear to both of us um, which is the the best level to engage at and i would say smaller companies are going to get the most bang for their buck if they engage in the the second package which is the audit plus the strategy plan um, that's going to give them not only insight into, you know, what's going wrong here, are the areas of opportunities, these are the solutions to some of your pain points, but also um, just a step-by-step -step breakdown of how to address those pain points, exactly what you should implement where, at what point you should do training with which team, um, and that it, it's then up to them to do, you know, whatever, um, how uh, to carry that plan out however they see fit in their organization. And then the third plan is the, the full package where um, it's a, a basically a, a done with you service where, um, of course, we'll go through the audit. From the audit, we'll create the strategy plan. This is a collaborative um, experience where, you know, you'll give me feedback on, you know, what you what you see is feasible for your business within that strategy plan. And then we'll roll into to implementation and training. And so as part of the implementation, you know, um, I mentioned before that you want to make sure your your team is on board because that, you know, them adopting any of these systems that we're rolling out and any new processes is going to be vital to you seeing any results. Um, you know, you don't want the people who have been there and who may have implemented some of the processes previously that aren't working to feel disenfranchised or like, you know, they're 
you know, now just being cast off, um, you really want to, during the implementation phase, engage that team and allow them to take ownership of the new processes that are coming in. Um, and that also allows your business to keep those processes running smoothly when I'm no longer there, which is the absolute goal. And so um, the last piece of that full package is also documentation. And so I think that's one of the pieces that people see as just being so boring and just so um, like cumbersome that they don't want to do it. Um, even a lot of really huge organizations that are household names that I've consulted for have not had robust documentation, <laughs> none at all. And so um, the documentation piece, I think um, once a business has that, they really see the benefit of, oh, wow, like now not only can we, you know, do better with the things that were holding us back, we also have a jumping off point for the next time we need to iterate or the next time we need to, we have a question about how something is done. Um, also, you know, when you're bringing in new members, when you're onboarding, you have this set of documentation that makes it easy to hand off some of these processes. And so um, full circle, you know, that just, it, it just solves so many problems and allows them to move forward with ease and, you know, feel confident that this is something that they can now handle in-house. And if for some reason they're, you know, not completely comfortable at the end of you know six to eight week period there is the option to you know continue to you know work with me in a much smaller capacity um, on a monthly basis um, but i find that by the end of the the eight weeks you know a company might need one more month of support but they're at, at that point they're pretty much ready to go and at least like you know have have these processes running in their organization before they feel like they need additional help. Ivana, I love it. I love it. You just, in the most humble way, gave so much value away. And again, to just hit the nail on the head, you know what you're doing. You know what you're looking for and you've done it in so many capacities. That's why I knew I, we needed to do this interview and share our conversation because I haven't asked you the majority of these questions, right? I am learning so much right now. And this was my own misbelief. I thought this stuff was boring. Like I said, when I first got into it and now I realize in, in like, as you can see this excitement, I get excited because I wish more people knew about this stuff too. And it might sound boring. Um, I'm trying to think systems. What was the book? A mentor in college taught me like systems thinking or something. And, and it was so granular and so boring to read. And I got three quarters of the way through it. And I realized, okay, this is mandatory. And then to bring it full circle, it's so exciting because this is literally, it was the missing component that, that took us to the next level. What you're explaining and how you serve are really like three core three to five steps to, to implementing, right? It, just starting a CRM is not implementing a system, right? You added a CRM, cool, <laughs> right? Now the component is bringing an expert in. If you don't know this, that's what we did and it's being able to first get an, an analysis of the team, of the organization, right? And it's so important that everyone's open to it. And, and I'm glad you share this because this is a learning lesson for me. Like I said, I'm learning on these calls and that's why I love the social seller interview so much. What I'm realizing is we are very open internally and we welcome growth and we welcome that. We know that, yes, we did it this way a month ago, let alone three months ago, let alone a year ago. And yeah, it might've worked a year ago, but we're growing and we have to help a lot more people. So we're open to that. So every part of that is a necessity. And I realized 
if our operations team wasn't able to easily communicate with head of fulfillment and then sales and then you know financials like it's none of this would make sense right because if you don't have a good feel for it and you might have that an individual that's that's it's very challenging to give up aspects of the company when you're really just trying to come in and, and serve them to help them and then the second step right so now that you have the analysis these are maybe the weak spots right or these are not weak spots right in leadership we learn about uh, how important or exactly it, it's an opportunity and a beautiful opportunity for growth is all right here's these areas and, and the other cool thing is you're coming out or you're coming into an organization with outside eyes I think it is a huge life hack right because you can see it for what it is you don't have an emotional bias it's all right well does this work does this you know and, and, and it should come down to metrics if you're tracking well enough and we haven't even talked about trackability because that's what really sets this up for you know, six months, 12 months, when you re-engage with Ivana and, and come in and go, all right, we've learned a ton, our company's grown. Now we're ready to hit this next level. What we, we think we need to be doing these things. So it's being able to understand that, right? So critical that we do have these weak points, that we don't have everything figured out. And I think that's also a little bit of an ego check. If you can communicate with someone like you that knows you're coming in to help, and as a team, we wanna, we wanna serve our clients at the highest level, we want it. And then what I love the most is you also are there and you don't say you're going to implement it to the team, but it's a done with you. And that just shows me the level, level of professionalism that you have, the level of communication, but the level of results you get clients, right? Because it's never 100% on someone else, right? Any good partnership in life, right? Any good system in life, any good business, like there, there was work that went into it, right? Psychologists have proven the harder we work at something and create something, the more we enjoy it, right? So if we enjoy these things, you know, it's, it, I think it just makes so much sense to start looking into this. Wow, I'm trying to think of anything else to unpack in there. Cause you, who would have thought, you're the first guest we ever had 25 weeks, consecutive weeks in that like could just zero it into that point. And, and um, I enjoy it. What are you excited for? Where do you see the direction and in innovation? Do you want to say something before we go on? Yeah, I was just going to touch on the, the fact that you said that, you know, this is a, a partnership and that's exactly why the consultancy is named uh, the process partner, because at the end of the day, this is not, you know, the process guru. This is not the process like, you know, tell you what to do. <laughs> this is, you know, it, it, your, your business is, you know, a, a big part of your life. Um, even if, you know, you don't have any ownership in the business, you know, this is a, you know, a, a job for you, like before your next stop, it's still such a huge part of your life that, you know, we really pride ourselves on coming in and acting as like, you know, your sounding board, your partner, your, you know, person that you can trust with, you know, some of the heavier stuff, you know, I even the, the more emotional things that come up, you know, we're all human. This is, you know, it, again, it, 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 the work that we do, you know, means a lot to to each of us in the way that we show up. And so um, I just wanted to highlight that, you know, the the name of the consultancy was super important and I wanted it to convey this sense of we're right here with you. Like you're, we're not gonna just come in and breeze through and say, oh, this is all the stuff you need to fix and why well, haven't you done it yet? And it's terrible. It's, <laughs> you know, we, we leave with a little more empathy than that because we understand that, you know, if you had had the time or the bandwidth or the, you know, steps in front of you, you likely would have already done it. So, um, you know, we, we don't take our, our partnerships lightly and, you know, we show up with that 
mindset and that, you know, leading with empathy, empathy to make sure that, you know, it's a fruitful uh, and a positive experience for everyone that we work with. I love that. And, and I'm realizing the more and more in life, personal and professional, it's just always, it's gotta be, it comes from both parties, right? It's both sides. And, and that's the only way to build sustainable long-term partnerships. And that's the name of the game. I know we're both in, right? It's, it's one thing to have a client, but we want to continue to help, right? And scaling at the highest level and being able to come in and, and help isn't necessarily looking for how can I profit off of you the most? And like you had said, it's how can I come and serve you when you need it and get you to the next level? And then when you need me, give me a call when you're at that next level, right? And, and I love that belief because it does take both parties to implement from the, the beginning, right? Is, is the team on board? Are they willing to communicate the challenges, their beliefs? How, how can we improve um, to the back end? And, and how are we gonna grow this and create a sustainable future? What are you the most excited for in just you know being an expert and being in the know and having these certifications and, and being able to help so many organizations? You have a good grasp that many of us professionals don't. Where do you see the direction of efficiency in business over the next couple of years or even five years? Um, I think right now there's still a disconnect between um, kind of what we were talking about earlier, where efficiency right now is still just seen as like, oh, well, what tool can we implement and what what's going to work the fastest? Chrome extension. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's still a disconnect between um, that being a solution in its own right to just empowering the people who are participating in these, these processes um, more fully. And so I think that there's a lot of room for opportunity um, in, in that regard. But I do think given the, the fact that, you know, more and more businesses are becoming more, uh, you know, aware of, you know, what drives their workforce, I do think we'll, we'll get to that, that sweet spot sooner rather than later. So I'm super excited um, to see, you know, how um, the conversation around driving efficiency in an organization changes. I love it. And, and it, it makes me excited for the future. And I, my theory is very similar to Dr. Joe Dispenza's, but if, if you have an excitement for the future, I think it's one of the best states to live life in. And, and you have me excited for the future, for our business, for everyone's company, and for any professional listening in. Ivana, for anyone, any professional, whether they're listening this, you know, to this today live on a Friday afternoon, providing that value before the weekend, how do people get in contact with you or what's the best place for them to find you? Um, you can, of course, find me on LinkedIn, or you can uh, visit our website for more information. Our website is www.theprocesspartner.com. Theprocesspartner.com? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And we'll make sure to put that in the description. Thank you, Ivana, again. I know personally and professionally, you are crazy busy. You are wearing more hats than the majority of us combined. Thank you, and I hope you have an awesome Friday. Yeah, thank you for having me and have a great weekend.